You're listening to Faith at Work, brought to you by LymeRevive.org. Information and healing for Lyme disease. Now to our host, Carl Grant. Welcome to Faith at Work. I'm Carl Grant here with Twyla Lamar, Development and Donor Relations Manager with Peace Tech Lab. Thanks for joining us, Twyla. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. So, Twyla, um, you're out in California now, right? I am. Yes, I am uh, born and raised on the West Coast, uh, steadily made my way east first by going to college in Alabama and then ending up in Washington, D.C., working for Peace Tech Lab. Um, but I'm happy to be back on what we like to call the West Coast Best Coast. <laughs> I won't argue with you about that. Um, so tell me a little bit about your work-life journey. Sure. Well, I maybe don't have as much experience as some of your other guests. I'm, I'm relatively new in my career, um, but I did. I graduated from the University of South Alabama with a degree in international relations. And with that degree, I knew that I wanted to help heal the world in some way, but I always figured it would be by living in a hut somewhere, teaching English or, you know, doing something really, really hard and remote. Um, I never thought it would be by finding myself in the technology industry. Um, but like most undergrads, I, I left uh, with big aspirations and then the job market reality kind of quickly came crashing down. Um, but I was fortunate to find myself working in sales for a uh, you know, pioneer of the tech industry, um, web trends, which was kind of um, for a long time on the leading edge of big data analytics. People who've been around probably recognize the name, not so much anymore now that um, Google is such a big player. But uh, I learned a lot from that. And I think the biggest takeaway I took from that was just, um, you know, we have all of these huge companies and corporations with these amazing digital tools at their hands. And uh, if, if nonprofits and people who had causes that they really cared about could use these same tools in their work, you know, what, what an amazing social impact that had. And so when I ended up going to Washington, D.C. for graduate school, then I was looking for that place that was kind of a little mix of, of Silicon Valley and um, but also with a really inspiring world vision and work. And I ended up at Peace Tech Lab, which whose whole mission is to um, train human rights activists and journalists and students in conflict zones around the world uh, and better uses of tech, media, and data for their work. So I've been there about three years now. And, and you started out doing some work with the, a little bit of work with the United Nations and you worked for a senator. <laughs> How did that play into what you're doing now? I did. You know, it's it's been really interesting because at Peace Tech Lab, we do see ourselves sort of sitting at this intersection of government, of corporations, and uh, and of nonprofits. And so we, we have a great relationship with the United States Institute of Peace, uh, which helped us get our start. Um, you know, we work with foreign governments, local governments, particularly when we're in places like Iraq or Afghanistan. It's really important to have, um, you know, their, their contributions to our work. And, um, but then we've also got partners like, you know, Amazon Web Services who, um, you know, bring that corporate perspective. And so I, in a short amount of time, I've managed to see a lot of different perspectives and it all gets put to use every day in what I do. And at some point in your life, you came to faith. Tell me that story. I did. So I was raised uh, in a community of Quakers. Um, 
common misperception. We're not Amish. We do actually have electricity and TV and a whole lot of things um, that people who may just be thinking of the guy on the oatmeal box uh, may not <laughs> may not know about. But um, one thing about Quakers is that they have a really strong commitment to social justice and particularly peacemaking. Um, so I think that formed me both from a Christian perspective, but also a um, you know professional expect perspective early on. Um, and then I actually recently became Catholic, which is about as far on the other end of the spectrum of Christianity as you could get. Um, but I think the thing that really binds the two together and is important to me, again, is that just commitment to um, social justice and and um, making the world a better place uh, through through their actions. So I want you to take a, a little bit of time and, and dig a little deeper into into what it's like to be a Quaker. I, I want to know, you know, how different is a Quaker than a evangelical or a Catholic? Is it, is it all just different flavors of the same or, or is it radically different? I think where it comes down to the most difference is really in practice. So, I mean, core beliefs, I would say definitely the same. If you go back to the founder of the Quakers, um, you know, he was, he was all about having a personal relationship with God. And that was what was always emphasized to me. Um, and in a way it was very refreshing to grow up with sort of all the symbols and, and tradition sort of stripped away and the focus really being on God's voice working in your life. And so um, one of the ways that that's lived out in practice is that you don't really have a structure um, in the church. Some churches have pastors, but generally it's the whole community teaching each other and learning from each other on a Sunday. And um, they believe that, you know, if everyone is teaching out of God's leading, um, that when you're a child and you don't have sort of the corruption of the world that's taken over, uh, you should listen even more so than, you know, say us adults who end up forming our own agendas. And so I was just taught at a very young age, it doesn't matter my gender, it doesn't matter my age, God can talk through me and use me and he's always present. And so I think that's um, allowed me to go into a line of work that a lot of people find very difficult, which is trying to end violent conflict. Um, it's a work, it's a line of work that you're very in danger of experiencing burnout all the time um, because the, the problems are so complex and so massive. And so, um, so I think my Quaker upbringing definitely gives me that, that central, you know, internal piece that the Bible talks about to come back to while working for a, a broader, you know, more worldly sense of peace. <laughs> and, and the Quakers were historically pacifists, right? That's right. Um, they, yes, they were some of the early abolitionists that, you know, uh, were very active in the Underground Railroad and abolishing slavery. Um, a lot of that carries into today. Uh, they commonly protested wars of all kinds. And, uh, but what I like, you know, there's a difference between being a pacifist and being passive. And so I grew up with a lot of role models of different ways to address and handle conflict. Um, yeah. So, and I passed through a, a historically Quaker town on the way home every night <laughs> and I live in Virginia and, and it was the one part of Virginia that stayed loyal to the union, which is kind of interesting to me. Nobody ever talks about it. I just know the history from, mm -hmm. from living in that region. So it's very fascinating. And, and in the Catholic church, it's, it's the complete opposite. It's very hierarchical. So how have you made that transition? 
<laughs> I think the the word that God really spoke to me um, over the process of becoming a Catholic was the word unity. And uh, there was a big importance to me. I, I got married. And so, you know, unity with my husband was one factor, but it was also more unity across the broader church. And um, I felt that uh, the history of the Catholic church, you know, tracing their leadership all the way back to Peter <laughs> as mm-hmm. the, the first Pope, um, all of that really spoke to me in a sense of you know, not to say that it's better than anything else, because I do believe everyone sort of practices in their own way uh, and there needs to be accommodation for that. But there was that sense of unity. And when I go into a Catholic church and I look around, I see such diversity there where we're all worshiping, you know, in the same mass, but you have people from the Philippines and you have people from Vietnam and China and Mexico. And it's all just sort of, I don't want to say effortless because that's obviously built up over centuries, but, uh, but I think it's really a reflection of, of what we're going to see in heaven, you know, the diversity and the, um, the, just the various, uh, various shades, shades of, of God's people. Mm-hmm. And you've touched on this a little bit, um, but I want you to go a little deeper on how you integrate your faith with your work. So I think a question that's probably on a lot of people's minds is how hard can it be to live a life of faith when you're working for a peace in a nonprofit? Um, but I think in many ways it's almost harder than if I were just in a typical sort of corporate environment because there is so much sensitivity to religion and conflict and and perverted uh, perverted strains of religion being used to incite conflict. And so my faith that I live out comes much more, I think, through my actions and, and you know, just loving people as Christ would. And I want to clarify that there's, um, there's kind of two different pieces, like P-E-A-C-E, that I think about in my work. One is um, sort of this internal piece that I think the Bible talks about in Philippians, it talks about, you know, may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, fill you. And when we talk about turning the other cheek or, you know, if someone steals your your shirt, give them a gift of your coat. I think all of these are references to as far as it is up to you, live your life in peace um, and and doing everything so that, you know, no one can question your motives and that you shine as a, as a light of God um, in, in everything you do. The piece that I am working towards with Peace Tech Lab um, is much more a sense of peace that comes down to um, institutions, I would say, and, and people having trust in their government and avenues where, you know, the goal is not to get rid of conflict altogether because we recognize that humans are sinful and broken and there's always going to be disagreements and there's always going to be, you know, clashes over resources and things like that. But a peaceful society resolves those in ways that are trusted by all members of society, whether it's, you know, going through tribal elders that you respect or going through, you know, courts and systems like that, that everyone sort of has faith in. Um, And so I think it's, I think it's important to bear in mind that there, there's, sort of those two different pieces. There's a perfect piece that can only come from God. And then there's a, you know, imperfect piece, but something that I think is extremely valuable and needed in this world, which is just working towards an end of violence. Um, because just because we disagree doesn't mean we have to, that it has to result in in harm to people. What a great answer. So let's shift gears a little bit. I, I want to know, 
do you think God has a sense of humor? And <laughs> if he does, have you experienced it? <laughs> uh, well, I think sense of humor is actually probably the primary way that God talks to me, uh, just because if, if humor is all about sort of playing off what's expected and then doing something unexpected, um, that would be the story of my life. So obviously, as we've already talked about, I grew up Quaker, a pacifist. I worked for a peace-filling organization, and I'm married to a U.S. Marine. And, uh, <laughs> that is funny. People look at that and they say, how does that work? Um, but I find that really, you know, we have a similar vision for the world and, and we go about it slightly differently, but we're, um, we're in many ways more the same than different. And, and I find that in my work as well, that, you know, the, in general, um, the Department of the Defense, the military community is very supportive of the work that Peace Tech Lab does and using technology to um, help local populations because, you know, they, they're resource constrained as well. They don't want to lose people unnecessarily. And so it's a very symbiotic relationship. Twyla Lamar, thank you so much for joining us today. And I want to encourage our listeners to follow us on Facebook at Faith at Work Radio and to subscribe to our podcast at whatever podcast network you get your podcast from. You have been listening to Faith at Work with Carl Grant, brought to you by LimeRevive.org. I gotta have faith, faith, faith.